it simple, really. Great stories with a good cup of tea. It's the Tea with Mike show. Alright guys, welcome to uh, another story time. It's the Tea with Mike show. Uh, joining me for this story and to create some f more conversation, it's uh, Sabrina Runbeck. Welcome to the show, Sabrina. Thank you, Michael. No problem. And so today's uh, tea fact is, in the Victorian era, uh, they had special tea cups uh, that protected you, you, your uh, moustache from uh, getting into your tea. And, and this comes from kickassfacts.com. Uh, so again, Sabrina, thanks for joining me today. What did you uh, think of the mustache tea fact? I guess it's very convenient for people to upkeep, right? Like, so you don't really have to brush and like make a little foamy thing where you have to be very uh, status-wise, right? <laughs> Back in the day, it's all about appearances. Exactly. Uh, this is one of the great things about doing this show and, and doing the research before the show is some of the uh, interesting things that you find out that you probably wouldn't uh, think about otherwise. Oh, cool. And so as we, as we were discussing briefly before the show, uh, you're a fan of tea. So what types of tea do you like and what are your tea drinking habits? So... Green tea actually have better antioxidant than the black teas. For Asians, drink a lot of tea because the propafenol, it does have, uh, um, as we mentioned before, antioxidant, um, potentially decreased free radicals, all the health benefits, right? And then there are things that has been studied on even potentially cancer prevention. So in a practice, I don't like coffee for some reason it just makes me jittery um, I'm really sensitive to ca caffeine I guess but uh, tea for me is okay and then I usually do like a whole process when I have to drink tea I don't just drink the little bags that I actually use the loose tea oh um, and ground I, it um I I put them in these little catchers so it's hot water but I also put in uh additional ingredients that go with the tea, like um, dried up orange peels um, and different herbs and just to give the little extra aroma. That's, uh, uh, and so when you're um, putting it, uh, doing the process of making tea, how long do, does it take you to, to make a cup? Because it sounds like you take a little bit more, more care than the average person. Yeah, so after the water is boiled, then of course, then it's easy. But I still like to let it sit for like 10 to 20 minutes to really soak it up before I drink it. And and I have um, this nice tea set from my grandparents and it's a special like rye clay pot and with those tiny little cups and you're, you're just sipping it for the taste of it. Um, but sometimes, you know, if you're really thirsty, you probably can just drink the whole thing. But it's more for just having the experience of drinking tea. And 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 how often do you, do you do this process? Is it on special occasions? Is it every day? Like the whole process, and because it sounds quite time-consuming too. It's not bad. It's 
like you can boil water, just leave it, right? Um, and um, you can always do something else. So for me, like self-care is important. I do it probably once a week to do the whole thing. Uh, on the regular daily basis, I just stick with regular water or, um, um, but usually, I say you, you have to treat yourself. You have to allow yourself to have a date with yourself, whatever that means. Uh, hobby, things you can just walk around, jog, like have a go to the dog park. Mm -hmm. Yeah, self-care, mm -hmm. right? Because one of my main pillar is to say no to putting self-care last. Because when you're able to take care of yourself first, then you're able to give the best of you, not what's left of you. Oh, it's very nice. And, and so do you, uh, do you want to start by telling uh, the Tea with Mike audience and then obviously your network and the people that follow what you do a little bit about you? Yeah. So my journey really started about four years ago. I was uh, having a fever of 101 operating heart surgery. I wonder at the time, how could my childhood passion of working in medicine and living the American dream have turned into such an unhealthy reality. The next day when I caught in sick, my manager made me feel like I was inconveniencing him. A few weeks later, I treated a young man who required his fourth open heart surgery. He felt report new symptoms, thinking they were small and insignificant. Of course, as young people who we thought were in the best condition, how would we know any better to question ourselves? We're just keep pushing and doing things in life, building our career and just having a family. So that's also the time I realized I have these small and insignificant issues I have to address before I too become a patient myself. So I used to say yes to a lot of things because that's the default mode, especially in healthcare, that you got this. Oh, yes, no problem. Society has taught us that way. Yes. To be polite, to be liked by people, do other people's favors. However, when we do say yeses to all these things that do not align with our core value, then we might feel resentful unable to deliver those high quality results we know we can definitely do and sometimes couldn't keep our promises to our families friends or even in our professional life so really these distracting yeses are taking away our precious time energy and sanity so then i just had to really put my foot down we didn't work so hard just to hate our life hate our job and all this effort and debt we put ourselves through and therefore, with research, learning from other high-performance leadership, I found a system, what I call say no to stress and say yes to stamina. So now I turn my life around. I still work in surgery, um, and I also help other millennial professionals who are ambitious but feeling overwhelmed, especially women in healthcare, to have a life full of heck yes. So then they can start feeling good, wake up excited, and rise up as leaders in their fields. Oh, awesome. So, so you said you, st you still work in healthcare? Yeah, I still do surgery. I'm in heart and lung surgery. 
Um, I still go in about four days a week, mix between OR time and critical care time, and then just also seeing people uh, in clinics. Awesome, and and then and then so so how how do you most specifically help young professionals? So I do public speaking for grand rounds, medical conferences, and I also have a selective a small group of handful of people that I coach on one-on-one level because we can learn things by just observing and learning, but it's also very different because we're also unique to be able to break down our barriers by that one-on-one interaction. So you can truly dive down to your subconsciousness and what is holding you back when you can't even think about it yourself, right? We're all so smart. That's why we got to where we are. But at the same time, if you don't know, you just don't know. Yes, for, for sure. And, and so if we're talking about uh, you uh, kind of personally, was there a, sp- a specific moment or moments uh, when, you, when you realized that you didn't want to be working, as you described in your bio, um, 80 plus hours a week? That's the moment I mentioned earlier is that being sick all the time and being cranky. And those are actually signs of burnout. And burnout has been a diagnosable disease nowadays. And um, many people would consider early stages burnout as just normal signs of stress. And they see as it comes with a job, but it shouldn't be that easily accepted. With the right tools and strategies, we can live into this powerful self that we are in our professional world and also be passionate, live in a meaningful way in our life as well. Who said we could not have both? Awesome. And then, so how do people start to realize what is what are some signs that they might be burning out? And then the, the additional question of how can they pre- pre- prevent that? Because somebody might argue from the perspective of, it's great what you guys are talking about, but but I still need to bring in an income to support my family, et cetera. And there's, there's, I've still got to please my boss, quote unquote, to keep my job, that sort of perspective. Right, because they don't really know themselves yet, right? Those are the excuses people give to themselves to keep them going because they have no other tools. So when you're saying you got to have a job, we all have jobs. We all have to make financial, meet our financial needs, right? No, many people nowadays are talking about quit your nine to five, starting a passion. My message is you already work so hard to get to where you are right now. Find a way by having a clarity to fall back in love with that career. Because when you jump shift to something else, it can be even more difficult because you probably start from scratch then. Oh, interesting, yeah. So the first step, like I did, I understood what's acceptable, what's not acceptable. The most difficult thing for many people is they have no clarity on who they are as a person, how they want to serve, and what really will bring them long-term results versus instant gratification. And 
because our society nowadays, everything comes way too easily, and therefore people lose that precious gratitude. And my first step in my system is to say no to vagueness so you can dream big and achieve more. Just because there are a lot of options doesn't really mean that you know for sure things are truly aligned with your core values, right? That's not a question we just ask ourselves day by day. And most of us, when we're younger, the most popular question is what? Do you remember what people ask you? Well, oh, uh, what, what do you want to do for a career? Yeah, right. What do you want to do? But is that really a correct question? No. We have not exposed to anything out in the world. How could we just randomly pick something out of the hat thinking that is a good option and ch hmm. go chase for it? And once you chase that goal, that's really a means goal, not an end goal, right? Many of our society put us in a position, you have to find a typical career that's secure, but nothing is really secure nowadays. So if you don't really know how you want to live, that is ultimately the wrong thing to do. We should have been asked, how do you imagine yourself as a person? How do you want to interact with people? What type of lifestyle do you want? Then work back to figure out what type of job can sustain us, both from a financial mindset, stimulation, interaction, to get us that lifestyle. Awesome. And so, and so if I interpret what you said correctly, you think people should, instead of picking a career first, they should work out what they want in life, both in terms of lifestyle, hobbies and interests, and then work backwards to how much kind of income or revenue they need to, to support their plan. Exactly. And because nothing in life is that easy that quickly come to you you do have to put an effort into it um, so when you start something even just a passion if you don't really clearly understand what that passion means you can easily get swayed off your path again and now what you're gonna say oh yeah that just doesn't fit me or is it really that passion doesn't quite align with your values and what you see is truly going to get you to the end destination. So the first step is that we can't read anybody else's mind. Somehow, sometimes it's harder for any of us to even know what we want. So why not allow yourself to have a day just to sit down with a cup of tea or coffee or whatever beverage you're choosing, right? Ask yourself some simple questions. And then once you can clearly explain what you want, then you can share with the world. And people are attracted to each other by purpose. And if people can understand your purpose and your end goal, of course they're gonna support you and help you to get there. Awesome, and, and, and so as you just mentioned, you talk about sitting down one day and kind of figuring out what you want. How, how did you find kind of your purpose and your values in terms of what questions did you ask yourselves or what resources did you use to help um, find those things? 
Right. So I also gone through many research and like learning from different coaches. And I find that the first step is recognizing there is a problem. Means be honest with yourself, be, have some courage. Things are not working out. That's all you need to do. It's just to recognize what you're doing right now. If you're going to keep doing it for next year, for next five years, next 10 years, would you be really satisfied? And if not, which part of your life right now has this positive reflection you can feel grateful for? Is that your family? Is that your, uh, the income you're bringing in is actually good, but it's just the type of work is draining you. So if it's the type of work, can we think about different things for you to get back to how you felt about this job when you got in it? What was that initial excitement? And once you can find that beginner's mind, what I call, can you also think about what additional things that you can do, maybe beyond even your job description, that can bring in that novelty and excitement to change up this dynamic, right? So you allow yourself to have a little diagnostic session, begin with, what do I want? What's truly important to me? And you're not gonna want it to write 10 things down. You really just wanted to write down the top three, right? Top three, okay. Because there's also a thing called paradigm of choices. If you give yourself too many choices, you end up choosing nothing. Right? You're gonna choose one thing, worrying about what if, what if something else, right? So if you keep a smaller number, just three things, and then anything that comes to you, any obligations, your own internal expectation, you ask yourself, does it truly align with what do I want, who I want it to be? If not, that should be eliminated right away. Oh, yeah. And so, and so, is that the tactic you would use if somebody? had like five to 10 things on the list and they couldn't decide which were the most important three? Right, cut down to three. And sometimes the next step would be if people don't even pay you and don't have to say good job, which three would you still keep in your corner, right? Because oh, okay. it becomes, it has to come from an internal if you're seeking for external validation, it's also difficult for you to keep that value in check. Oh, because you can't always uh, be in control of the circumstances around kind of like more external goals that have other factors like other people, correct? Right, exactly. But you can control your choice and your way of thinking. You create your own reality. You cannot really do something just because you think other people would like you to do it. And that's, and that's, and that's probably the hardest step for the majority of people, right? Try finding what they truly b believe in and kind of not subscribing to what the, the majority might think, etc. Right. Because nowadays some topics have become very sensitive, right? So how can you be free to talk if you worry about what other people might think? But if you become more sure about yourself, that leads into my second point, is to say no to negative thoughts so you can reclaim your mental power. There's always 
going to be someone disagreeing with you. But if you let them pull you down, and that's on you, because you have the ability to stand up every single time. And you also have the ability to not have these negative thoughts, self-talk, self-sabotage. I did, did I do enough? I'm worried about whatever. I'm afraid to jump in. Courageous people who are high performers have fear, but willing to take the fear just to act. People who has a fixed mindset and couldn't do anything are frozen in place while being fearful. Understood, and so and so I obviously understand, and I'm sure lots of people do what we're kind of talking about. But what tactics and strategies can you do, especially right at the beginning when there's a lot of vulnerability and you're and you're still exploring? What like strategies and tactics can can you like that are really simple? Can you use it largely at the beginning to help you start the process? Of right. saying, uh, saying no to those negative thoughts and oh, that sort of so, thing. So your mind is more like a bank account, if you think that way, right? It's a capacity at X amount. What you choose is to deposit only the positive messages yourself and other people into that bank account. Because the teller is going to always be super obedient, right? The negative teller is going to be like, Whoa, you can't do this, can't do that. Who do you think you are to talk to that person? You never met her or him. Versus the positive tellers like, you can do anything you want. Remember, you didn't die when you just go up to talk to strangers. Or if you just speak up your opinion, at least people know about it. What's the worst they can do? Say no. So what? Right? You try something else. And that being said, it's how do we continue to grow our positivity into our life is by validating ourselves, looking internally, what are the good positive abilities I already possess, right? I'm sure all of us know what we are good at, but sometimes we don't even give ourselves credit for. Things that come to you super easily, it's not gonna be the same for me. So I can't really compare myself to everybody else around me, then you're really gonna feel down. What I can compare is who I was yesterday. If I was better today, then awesome. How can I do even more tomorrow, right? Yes. So these practices is not even just the affirmation, but actually believing in those messages. You can write all the gratitude journal, do jars, do any type of fun activity, right? There's so many different ways to do it. But if you don't believe in those words that you're saying or writing, they were not going to help you. Understood. So um, in, in, in this overall kind of, I guess we're talking about a, a process to help get to your goals and positive thoughts and stuff. How important is uh, planning and writing things out to help you achieve the end goal? Yeah. Um, so we say if it's not on the calendar, it's not written down, it's never going to happen, right? So one thing is you will have to start with an end goal, that dream building, uplifting goal. At least have an idea what it is. Because when you have a clarity and the idea of that, 
the more clear you can get to that end goal, then you become a, a beating North Star that guides you even in the darkest road. But if you haven't found the clarity on that typical lifestyle, the way you wanted to show up for people, then you're just picking whatever path you can get. You find your way in the darkness and then you're just like, oh, this seems to be great. Let me just go down that path. But eventually you're like, I'm getting lost in life, right? Um, so when you start, yes, let's figure out what is this bigger picture. And it's not even just saying it. You have to feel it. You per se, what is one of your bigger goals this year? What's one of my biggest goals this year? Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I guess one of the big ones is uh, to keep growing Tea with Mike. Okay, put a number on it. If it just keep growing, it's very vague. So put some number. How many episodes do you want to do? Uh, 75. 75, awesome, right? So 75, that means a little bit more than one per week, right? Yeah. So, so you can shoot for two per week even, right? Put a little reach on it, right? Because once you hit 75, awesome. But if you did more than that, even better. Right. But if you do less than that, we can diagnose to say, at least you did X amount and you got close to that. So you didn't undershoot yourself really, right? So great. Now you have a clear vision. What do we do next? Make it real, right? How would you feel once you're really going to hit 75 episodes? Oh, how, how am I going to feel? Mm-hmm. Um, satisfied that I uh, reach, reach the, the goal, but I'll be thinking about what I can hit next because the, the, the tea with max started at zero and then it went up it's up a little bit and then at 75 it'll be a little bit more growth but what happens if i go from like 75 to 150 yeah it's excitement right like it's not just like a basic satisfaction anymore it's you're seeing your vision bigger things happening in life awesome right once you can hold down to that feeling then you won't procrastinate you have now the end destination plus how well you feel like you can do at that time now what breaking down to a smaller achievable steps to actually get you there with so, that so, yeah oh, oh so so so, so that so that would be recording at two, two, two recording and editing two episodes a week and then getting them out to the platforms exactly and then you can even break down that even more. How many guests you wanted to reach out? Who do you want to have on your platform? Are they going to be exactly who your audience is going to benefit from, right? And start doing these little things and start marketing for yourself. And give you an even further tip. Check in with yourself. Right? Ref- give yourself that reflection time once in a while. Monthly basis, every other month just so you know where you're at. And you also, because you check in with yourself, you can actually see the fruit for all the hard work, right? Mm-hmm. Now you can validate yourself That's for true. the goodness that you just brought. And, and then also st- and then at the same time, see which goals you still need to work on to help keep improving the, 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 the process to reach that exactly. lofty goal. 
Exactly. So you're seeing your strength and then also seeing what you can improve, right? What's lacking, but have the courage to say those area that you are lacking are not going to pull you back. It's not that you didn't do enough. You did the best you can with the condition you got and you pump out great episodes you can be proud of already. So what can you do further to make sure everything is even more tightened up? Yeah. Nice. Right? So then you're not going to push ourselves into a state of lacking and it's always in the state of growing. So when you're doing all this good stuff, then the next one is, as we started the episode, say no to putting your self-care last. Without the right energy, productivity would not go far. We didn't even talk about productivity on this episode, right? There's so many things I can talk about, but without the basic foundation of knowing where you're going, what that even mean to you, how would that feel? How you gonna grow your energy so you would never gonna have those afternoon slump and just feel like pooped out, you don't wanna do anything? Then talking about those strategies doesn't quite mean anything whatsoever. Mm, that's a good point. Right? So that's one of the biggest thing. I help people to plan out these stamina reboot sessions, right? Without stamina, you are without anything, right? Your personality is gone. You're probably sitting on the couch. And the more you watch Netflix, the tired you get, <laughs> right? And so if you have all this ambition, all these drive, that ambition also need to have feel to launch that ambition into the world. Very, very, very nice. And then Oh, I'm, I'm even having this conversation. I'm feeling a lot more energetic. Awesome. Glad um, I can help. <laughs> so as we move uh, towards the end of this episode, which has all, been all about uh, validating and uh, saying uh, no to negativity and really working on your uh, internal thoughts and the, and the thoughts and mindset and circumstances that you can actually uh, control. Do you have any closing pieces of advice to add to help kind of help kickstart somebody who may be watching this at a later date uh, journey and path to, to, yeah. to being an awesome kick-ass human being? Yeah. <laughs> so my whole idea is that we all deserve to have both a powerful career and a passionate, meaningful life. But for us to get to a life full of heck yeses, right, requires conscious intention. And everyone has the inability to get there, but they have to say no to almost everything so they can say yes to the only thing that matter. For us to even attempt to get there, we start by knowing our strengths and weaknesses. So I build a free three-minute discover your hidden roadblock quiz. And once you take that, I actually go in there, give you a personalized diagnosis of your markers. And um, to thank our audience, they can go to sabrinarumbach.com forward slash assessment to take the quiz. 
also and i'll uh, definitely put, put that link in the show, show notes afterwards and um, so thank you so much uh, for, for sharing some time uh, with this conversation and a little bit of a story and fluid conversation as i like to call it so thanks for being here yeah thanks mike for having me awesome guys and you'll be able to check out this uh, wonderful uh, story on uh, twithmike.com it's the tea with mike show